Hey everybody, welcome to The Hurting Man. Joining me today is Travis, and Travis is not a Lynchburg native, but been in Lynchburg how long? Um, I moved here in 2012, so, and it was very early, no, it was later on in 2012, so. What brought you to Lynchburg? Um, job opportunity. Okay. Um, it's, I started apprenticing at a salon, but I started out as an assistant and, but it was only a few weeks later that I started to do my apprenticeship and turned it into a career. Nice. Um, yeah. And coincidentally, the person who hired me on and I started apprenticing under was the one I later married. Okay. Oh, okay. They became my best friend and then next thing you know, a year later, we're dating and then there we were, years down the road and married. Right. Nice. And, I mean, of course, for people who don't know you, um, not still married. Unfortunately, widowed. Widowed, yep. And so, I mean, Maybe that's what we're here to talk about. Who knows? Maybe that subject brings itself up. Um, saying that word, how often have you said that? What, widowed? Yeah. Quite often, actually. Really? Um, I don't know how else to put it when I mean, I'm talking to someone about it, especially someone new who didn't know me Yeah. and him at that time. But... I'd rather not say that they, like, my partner passed right. or something, or just, I get that question. So, where is your husband, or um, how are things between y'all, or something like that? Instead sure. of getting questions like that, it's just best for me to be upfront that I'm with it, and that we, we, we shared a beautiful life together. So, at the holidays, obviously, probably aren't the best time in the world, so... Um... Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Walk us through it. Tell us about, you know, if you want to, tell us about becoming a widow. Becoming a widow? Yeah. I mean, people go through it every day and don't talk about it. Okay. Um, and you don't have to if you don't want to. You could just say, nah, I'd rather not. You know, that's okay. I mean, I will talk about it. Because um, how many times have you actually just sat down and, like, told your story or told y'all's story? Uh, I know? don't think... Honestly, many people have really sit down and let me tell that story. Well, it's they, happening right now on The Hangman. Um, let's see. Well, where should I begin, honestly, with it? Well, given that we, you know, this is like a 20-minute show, um, I guess I would just, you know, kind of tell, you know, the first part kind of quickly as far as, like, meeting someone or getting married, and I would kind of go make the meat of it, you know, telling about what happened okay so like as i I mentioned um closer we as i mentioned before we met we met through a friend next thing i know he had told me that him and his business partner that co-owned a salon they needed a assistant so i started working in the salon and i started to get to know him more and more and he just happened to be this genuine, very sweet person, but I didn't want a relationship at all. And I made that very upfront. I'm not here for a relationship. I'm happy being single. Fast forward a little bit. We wound up becoming roommates. Um, 
and became closer as friends just over a period of time. Um, and I remember one night he was on a date and they went outside to have a cigarette on the uh, downstairs bottom porch. And we were in the basement watching a movie. We had paused the movie, said they'd be right back in. Anyways, 10, 15 minutes goes by and they still haven't come in yet. And I'm noticing that I'm getting mad. Well, one thing led to another and I stormed outside. I threw my cigarettes on top of the hot tub cover and lighter after I lit one. And they were like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm fine though, but I'll be all right. Anyways, uh, his date was like, maybe I should leave. I turned around, I was like, yes, I think it's a good time that you do leave and do not come back to this house at all, ever again. Well, he walked him out, then he came downstairs and he started talking to me and he's like, is there something that you need to tell me that I might need to know? I'm like, yeah, we're together now and you don't have a say in it. Uh-huh. Well, that turned into a relationship that lasted from 2013 until 2020 which is he passed in march of 2020 but over that period of time like we went through so much between his business partner had retired and she decided to sell the building so we had opened up another salon and started that all over in another venture with another business so you guys were roommates first we were roommates first and became really like just he was my best friend like, he knew everything and anything, and I knew anything and everything about him. And yeah, there were nights he would get drunk, and he would be like, why don't you just want a relationship? Because we would make a great couple and stuff like that. And here I am. I don't want a relationship at all. And That's what you're saying? Little, yes, little did I know, I was falling in love with him, little by little. And like, the people we worked with, they saw it before either one of us did. So when did you, you know, tell us about, I guess take us more towards the end. Okay. When so, did you find out that was he sick? Was he, was it a tragedy? Was it a bus? Was it a... Well, it was unexpected when it happened. Um, but the prior year, it was like the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, he started having some... Um, stomach issues, uh, he was having some bloating and swelling, um, and just not feeling well over time. And what they found out was he had cirrhosis. Okay. Which, yes, he liked to drink. Um, every day after work, it's nice to come home and unwind a little bit. Sure. With a massage and a drink. Yeah. <sighs> so, um, Fast forward with that, his numbers were starting to look better towards the end of 2019. What numbers? Like his, uh, the numbers that they look at for your liver. Like your liver enzymes? Yes. Okay. All of his numbers were starting to look better. And that was towards the end of 2019. Okay, well, enter 2020, he had beginnings of his feet swelling, his ankle swelling, and we would be able to get it to go down through massage techniques or just him elevating his feet and just resting. We thought it was maybe because we work a ton. We worked a ton, especially right at the holiday season. We were constantly at the salon working. 
Well, then fast forward to February, he his legs started to swell. And And now was he having any type of treatment during this or like you know, when you have cirrhosis, I don't know much about it. So, is it something that you're, like, going to a treatment for? Or, like, is it just medication controlled? Or is it no it's no way to control it? Like, well, what does it be? He, what he needed to do was stop drinking. Okay. That was the main Now, would that have reversed it? Said? Or does that no, slow but it? No, but it helps slow down the process. And your liver can repair itself some. Okay. Not ultimately, it can't, but it can start to repair itself to get to a healthier state. So are you saying it would have prolonged his life or yes. saved his life or both? I think it would have been a mixture of both, but at the same time, he did have Lyme's disease, which in the medication that they like to prescribe for Lyme's disease is an, a heavy antibiotic Yeah. that really plays a toll on your liver, which like any medication really, Yeah. It, it's going to play a toll on your liver. So they had kept him on for years an antibiotic that he should not have been taking. Doxycycline? Yes, doxycycline, okay. which is an awful, awful I know about it just because I have Lyme's or had Lyme's um, and malaria. And I don't know why they kept it on, kept him on it for so long, but they did. And I kept telling him, don't take it, don't take it. Because um, we, we were both very holistic people. Like our shop that we had was all organic, natural, natural healing. Sure. And fast forward to March, it, we went into the salon and I had been on him and on him and on him about his legs swelling because they were like double the size of what they should have been. Okay. And he was a very stubborn person not to go to a doctor or hospital or anything. And I had just gotten after him and after him. And then finally a client said something to him about it. Really? And it was a nurse client of his. And she was a very important person to him. And he valued her uh, opinion. Anyways, one thing led to another. And the lady that we were working with that owned the salon, she took off the rest of her day to take him to the hospital. Okay. And sat with him. And the reason why it was not me is because he was more worried about his clients than his own health right. at the time, which was always him. He's always cares about other people before himself. And she took him and he was in a hospital. They decided to keep him. Anyways, fast forward that. They weren't the greatest caregivers at this particular hospital. Okay. And put it this way, when I went to finally see him, after I finished up with his clients for the day, I was told that I could not see him that day. Visiting hours were over. Even and as his husband? Yes. Were y'all married at this time? Yes, we were married at this time. Because we got married in Halloween of 2019. Okay. Uh, well... No, it's 2018, sorry. Well, anyways, I threw a fuss. I got to see him for a few minutes, and then I left. Because he was like, I don't want the drama. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this, especially because I care more about your health. And I don't want to sit here and just cause a scene. Sure. So I came back the next day. 
and I wanted to know an update. So I asked the nurse, excuse me, sir, we don't give that to people like you. I was like, ma'am, I'm his husband. I want all of his paperwork. So yes, legally, you do give me this information. All of this information is shared with me. I need to know what's going on. She refused to. So I got to speak to her boss and her boss did the same. Now, what what was the problem? They just kept saying, we don't give that information to people like you. But, I mean, were y'all, I mean, you were legally... Yes. Allowed to have They were being homophobic. Ultimately. Because they did say the paperwork. But, anyways, I didn't cause a big scene. I went back in the room. The doctor showed up. The doctor had ordered him a stronger pain med because his legs were so swollen and they were weeping. Right. And he was in a lot of pain from it. Sure. He felt like his skin was going to burst. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Well, six hours goes by. I'm still sitting there with him. The only thing that they would bring him was Tylenol. Which, I mean, I don't know the specific situation or case, but I can say from experience for many years in healthcare that the standing order when you like come out of thoracic surgery per se which is you know having your ribs cracked and giving you open heart surgery yes um the standing order for that is acetaminophen and Tylenol yeah it's not a morphine or Dilaudid or anything like that so for what he had going on I don't know what the standing order is but just to, I don't even want to say defend, but, you know, just offer a fact, I guess. Well, they had, uh, they, the doctor had prescribed them to give him either it was Toradol or Dilaudid. Right. One or the other. That's how bad the pain was, and he could tell how bad the pain was. Well, I'm sure. Because he had a very high pain tolerance to begin with. I mean, this is a man that fell down the stairs sleepwalking, busted his head wide open to the point that you could see his skull... And when I finally got him too, and I'm starting to clean it up, and I'm trying to wrap his head, and I'm telling him I'm taking him to the hospital, he's telling me he's fine, that nothing right. is wrong. And he did not complain about pain whatsoever. And still, that morning, had a client that he still went to work and cut her hair. Which, I mean, if anybody's had swollen legs, swollen anything, if it swells to a certain point, it hurts. It yes. doesn't matter who you are. Well, it feels like your skin's going to burst open yeah. at any point in time. Well, anyways, I went home that night, and I'm sitting there mad as hell. I get a text from him, and he had heard the nurses outside in the hall talking about him and bad-mouthing him and making fun of him. Oh, really? So, he said he was checking himself out. Right. And for me to get a ride to get him up and get him. Well, I sent someone out to pick him up. After the nurse tried to fight him about leaving, said he couldn't leave, and all kinds of things. Uh, Then they sat there and made fun of him outside while they were on their break smoking cigarettes while he was waiting to be picked up. Did you guys get any of this on camera? No, unfortunately, but I had all the messages from him explaining to me what they were doing. And I even talked to a lady at the next hospital he went to who was a client in our salon. Which I didn't know at the time. That's what she did. She handled complaints complaints and issues issues with that. And they were connected with each other and wanted me to file a suit. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if someone's Because of discrimination and the way he was treated. And he was not 
given correct care because here it was that morning he was prescribed a pain medication to help him with his pain but the nurses refused to give it to him well yeah they can't make that call i don't think well if the doctor went ahead and put it in and, and had come back in there and even talked to him about it saying well you haven't gotten it yet or we're going to make sure you get it the nurses still never brought it yeah i mean if there was a doctor's order and they were going against it you know yeah I mean, he just had the worst care. But anyways, fast forward, he came home. He's like, I'm not going back to a hospital. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I can see how that would deter somebody. Well, I tried talking to him and talking to him and convincing him, yes, you need care, though. This isn't going to get better on its own. Well, the doctor that we both had, I absolutely adore her. She is a very kind, compassionate woman who actually takes the time as a doctor and listens to you and is there for you. Whether it's a 10-minute appointment or a two-hour long appointment, she don't care how long it takes. Yeah, I've had some good doctors like that. And she's just a very compassionate doctor. And she knows her stuff and anything, but she, she's just like, you know what? I'm going to give both of y'all my, my cell number, my personal cell number, because... We had had some issues at the front desk where they were refusing to let us see her instead of someone else saying that she was booked. Um, she's like, just go ahead and text me whenever you're here or whenever you need an appointment and I'll make sure you get seen. Even if I don't have time, I'm going to see y'all. Because she absolutely loved him. Well, I finally convinced her to send him a text message about his legs. Because they had not gotten better, they were getting worse. Right. And they were weeping more. And she told him, look, you need to go to the hospital. Because <coughs> this is a situation where you might lose your legs. Right. She says she kind of embellished on that part because he would not have lost his legs. But she didn't know what else to say to make well, him I mean, understand you know, he needed to see he might be have. seen at the hospital. <sighs> that next night, we... We took him to the hospital, and one of his longtime clients, she was a d doctor in that hospital, and a well-renowned a well-renowned doctor. I texted her and asked her if she was coming in because we were on our way to the hospital, and I told her everything that had been going on. She was working that night, and the entire time my husband was in the hospital, she she was amazing because she took any caseload that she had of seeing patients or any consulting or anything she put it off and she gave it to other doctors to deal with because she was a hundred percent with his care nice but that night she came in she talked to us she pulled me out and she said things weren't looking good but she was going to do everything in her power to help make this a good stay and to help his and get him improved Everyone was out of the room, and he pulled me over to the side by his bed and was like, I want you to leave and not come back. I'm not coming out of here this time. And he wanted to just tell me how much he loved me and to stay strong through everything and that he just knew that he was not coming out. And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks with that. Well, sure. 
and uh, driving home from that was ah. Uh, well, yeah, it's somebody you love telling you that they're not gonna come, they're not gonna be home. Well, we I got to talk to him still for a couple more days after that, but this during COVID. Hospitals weren't allowing people yeah. to have people there, and you could have one designated person. And they didn't even know at the time what was going on. And like he wouldn't let me be that designated person. Instead, it was a friend of ours that had become close with him over a shorter period of time, and she was very good with keeping me updated too. As well, well I mean, as I could doctor. imagine it's probably you know. It's hard enough if you're facing your own mortality, but then having someone there, like your husband or wife, and seeing it hurt them probably is something you want to, you know, avoid. Yeah. And so I can imagine, I can understand wanting to avoid it. Well, during that time, what they figured out is he, his liver was doing worse actually they found an internal bleeding and the internal bleeding is what was leading up to the cause of his legs swelling right and they sedated him and put him in for surgery and I got the call after the surgery saying he was still sedated that everything seemed like it went well that the bleeding had stopped and they thought they got everything well a few hours later he started bleeding in the bed and they found out that he was still bleeding internally and that the places that they thought they stopped certain ones never got stopped they started bleeding again yeah but they couldn't go back in for surgery immediately they did try to go in and eventually stop it and they still couldn't stop it but that original sedation, when they finally took him off of it after the next surgery, because they kept him sedated during that time, and after the next surgery, it was not too much longer afterwards, they were taking him off of sedation. And while his vitals were there, he never came out of sedation. Right. He, he was there but he never woke up. Right. And I remember my friend that was sitting there with him that was the designated person would call me and put me on speakerphone for me to just talk to him for 20, 30 minutes, just telling him about my day or... Right, like regular stuff. Just trying to talk to him, trying to get him to come through, come out of it. Uh-huh. And he never did. So I had to made the call to the doctor one morning when they had texted me and told me I need to talk to the person who was handling his surgeries and then they, that's when they went over more about he's not coming out of sedation what were his wishes and Randall was that type of person that was like a DNR but also when it came to having to take any kind of more measures moving forward say the situation did happen he didn't want you to take any kind of life-saving procedures. Right. He wanted you to just let him go. Which, I mean, you know, some people, that's their wish. And that was 
I wanted to be greedy and tell them to do anything and everything possible. Yeah. But the first question that popped in my, my head and just came right on out was, if he does come out of the sedation, what's his quality of life? Well, yeah. And they were giving me a percentage of 35 to 45% of what he used to be. Right. <clears throat> and if I had just went against Randall's wishes, I would never heard the end of it. And he would have been very angry with me if he still, if he had that percentage of life. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, what is that? I mean, uh-huh. would you want to be 35 to 45% of who you are right now? I've always gone back and forth on this. I've always said, you know, in one hand, I've always said, if there's any percent, then you do whatever to, you know, save me or keep me alive. And then there's other times when I think, eh, why, you know, why would I, what would be the point? Um, so I guess it would just, it's, that's circumstantial. I guess it's all like, you know, what's going on. If, if it's something that can be fixed versus can't be and stuff like that, I think that's what would make the decision. Well, I mean, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason in our life. And I feel like if it's our time to go, it's our time to go. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that can't nothing stop the Almighty. And, I mean, I guess it was his time to go. Um, I get angry about it. I feel like I'm still left here picking up the pieces that are shattered everywhere from our life and my heart. And I still haven't healed, and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to pick up all those pieces. It makes me resent life in some ways. But at the same time, I know that he would be very angry for me feeling that way. Um, Because, I mean, we had always talked about if something was to happen for me to try my best to stay happy, move on, and don't let it bring me completely down. And just remember good moments. And I do. Yeah, I mean, it's... We're all going to deal with this at some point in our life. And that's really what you, that's all you got. And we can all grieve in different ways. Some people grieve for a long time. Some people grieve for a short time. Some people never grieve. Some people never stop grieving. But um, we're all going to deal with it. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit of that with everybody. I, I know it wasn't easy. And we appreciate it. And I'll say that, you know, this could definitely be your honorary episode to I don't know if you want to say his name or not but Randall Randall this could be the honorary episode to Randall and you know this will always be memorialized you know in time to where you'll always have it to look back on or listen to you know I wish people that are listening knew him because he was such a beautiful person and he would make you happy just hearing his laugh or he was there for anyone and everyone and would do anything for anybody um, and that's definitely the legacy we want to leave behind but my, my message out of it though for people is if you do have that loved one 
don't take for granted any day or any moment, any time. Even if you're angry with each other, get the hell over it and relish that time and don't let a second go by that you want to regret. Like, just, you don't want to regret that you weren't. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. Well, in general, you just probably don't want to have any regrets. Yeah, just don't have any regrets about not being there or not sharing those memories that, in a certain time that you could when it just, at an instance, out of nowhere, it can be just taken from you. Well, there's another person's story, and I appreciate you sharing it with us. And as always, I'm Jason. You're listening to The Hangman. And I wish you all a wonderful evening, and I hope you'll listen to me again. Thank you, Travis. Thank you for listening. And no, it was pretty brave to talk about. Appreciate I it. Hope y'all enjoy the story and can take something from it. And yeah, it's I know it's a sad story, but at the same time, it was our love story and it was beautiful. <laughs>